How does your public safety agency handle major incidents? What do you do when there aren't enough resources to effectively respond to the scope of an event? Welcome to HXGN Radio. My name is Brian, and today we are joining Zach Nichols as he chats with Simon Welfare Jervis of Hexagon's Safety and Infrastructure Division to discuss the ways in which the effects of these large-scale incidents can be mitigated. Simon, almost all of our audience is familiar with the role that CAD plays in public safety, right? The systems themselves, pretty much ubiquitous across public safety agencies. Can you describe to me and to our audience briefly the instances where CAD maybe falls just a little bit short of its intended goal? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, I think it's probably a little unkind to say that CAD falls short. Okay. Um, you know, CAD is designed to do a very specific set of jobs, uh, typically around short-term events that involve a fairly limited number of resources and that could be managed and resolved in a relatively short period of time. So the majority of our customers would use a CAD platform in that way. Where it's not really designed to operate is when we have these more major serious events that go above and beyond what a typical CAD event looks like. So things that are unplanned major disasters or things that are planned major events, sporting events, protests, industrial action, whatever they might be. And those events come with a level of complexity that CAD is really not designed to to handle. Things like perhaps multi-agency, for example, and particularly across a more extended period of time. And really with a different management structure, a management structure all of their own that are specific to managing that event. And it could be an event that goes on for weeks or months. And that's really stepping then outside of the traditional role of what a CAD system is designed to achieve. So perhaps not necessarily fair to say fall short of its goal, but perhaps the scope itself maybe isn't designed to handle these larger scale events. Yeah, I think that's a fair description. So you kind of have this niche market, I guess, at the end of that CAD is, well, where do we go from here? You know, we're dealing with 95, 98, possibly even 99% of typical day-to-day events in the CAD world and doing it very successfully. But then, so what? What do we add on top of that when we get to one of those bigger events? And that's a great question. What do we add on top of that? So what we add on top of that as part of the on-call suite is a product called Planning and Response. And Planning and Response is an integrated product with our dispatch system. And that allows you to migrate from traditional day-to-day business into this new world for that specific event. So escalating it up, if you like, from it may start in dispatch, it may start in the dispatch world. The first call that might come in might be the terrorist event that's just taken place. So it comes into your 911 center and is initiated in the dispatch world. But then we're able to pass that from the dispatch world into planning and response. And planning and response is specifically designed to deliver all of the facets of managing one of those longer-term, bigger, more serious events. And as I understand it, agencies are able to integrate planning and response with their CAD systems as they currently exist. Can you explain a little bit more about what that looks like and how those two interact with one another? Yeah. So I guess there are some realities around these critical incidents Mm -hmm. or major events, whatever you wish to call them. And the realities are that day-to-day business carries on as usual. And the day-to-day contact point for citizens and people impacted by these large events remains your emergency response dispatch center, whatever country you're in, whether that's your 911 center or your 999 center or triple zero, I guess it is in some of the countries. That is still going to be the touch point for most of the information coming in. And so you need to be able to channel that information through your dispatch system and into the management of that critical incident itself. 
that's one of the integration touch points between dispatch and planning and response is to be able to keep information updates, whether it be from citizens or whether it be from resources that you have out in the world dealing with that incident, keep the information flowing in through the dispatch world and automatically pushed through to the planning and response management team. Right. And you mentioned that that product, right, as we're calling it, is HXGN on-call planning and response. Historically, I know that in terms of the planning and response area, we used to use IPR. Can you talk just very briefly about how the on-call suite is going to change IPR and CAD integrations? Yeah, sure. So you're absolutely right, Zach. IPR was the kind of the start point for this product. So that planning and response and mentality approach to it, and it was a product that evolved actually in Europe. Um, Europe has traditionally used more structured approaches to these critical incidents, I think, and, and have been doing so for a bit longer. And so we evolved as IPR in, in Europe. And then what we're embarking on now is bringing that under the umbrella of the on-call suite, and that will bring with it tighter integration into our new on-call dispatch world. So you know, not only are we going to have information flow through dispatch from citizen input and from dispatch user input, we're going to be able to task back out into that dispatch world as well. Because the reality of managing one of those incidents is that not all of the resources for managing it are going to sit exclusively under the planning and response commander. Right. We're going right. to be touch points back across to the day-to-day world as well. Well, and so that raises the question, especially as we're starting to see this new form of integration, is there one particular sector of the world of public safety that you would say is going to be benefiting from this the most? Gosh, that's a difficult one to answer. Pretty even across the board, maybe? It is across the board. I'm going to kind of put this under the scope of our safe cities that we put a lot of our, um, our messaging under. And it's a really valid place for that to sit because the information flow both in and out of planning and response is truly multi-agency when you're managing one of these critical incidents. And so, you know, it could be anybody from social services to utility companies to emergency services teams that are feeding into and feeding from the information flow and the management of that incident. So I think there's a benefit across any of the organizations that are likely to be involved. And we talk in response levels, typically at kind of first level response, second level response, third level response. And it truly could be anybody sitting within their volunteer groups um, will benefit from better management and better coordination of the response to these major incidents. Well, let's take it to the agency focus then real quick. As we're shifting to planning a response through on-call, is this going to better protect agencies? Or I guess maybe a more specific question is how does it work to protect Hmm. agencies? No, I I think your first question is really relevant. The answer is absolutely yes. And the answer to how, there's probably two responses to that. One is that this application is specifically designed to not only manage it, but to capture a full chronology of how it was managed. So all of the information flow that was available and coming into the management team that's dealing with that event, but also the tasks and actions that were taken in response to that. And so the audit trail that that leaves behind in this application protects you against anything as extreme as public inquiry, which quite commonly follow this kind of event or the response to this kind of event. There is typically some kind of after-action follow-up that happens. As I say, it could be public inquiry. It could just be some kind of local debrief of the operation. But to be able to capture the full chronology and everything that went on during it is really important in protecting yourself and your organization. 100%. And the second part to that, I think, um, in terms of who benefits from it from a protection perspective is the citizens of the city or town or municipality that you're in, the better and more efficiently and effectively that that event is managed, 
you know, perhaps the biggest winner is the citizens that are impacted by it. And I think that's probably the thing we think about the least, right? I mean, there's so much focus in terms of, you know, how dispatchers are being able to respond, how call takers are able to respond, how the agencies themselves are able to function. But, you know, ultimately, that's where most of this is going down the line, right? It is. Yeah. I mean, the role of the organizations managing one of those events is to recover to normality as fast right. as possible. And of course, you know, the rationale, the reason for that is to get life back to normal for the citizens that have been impacted. They're not out there doing it for fun. They're out there yeah. to restore normality to the taxpayer and the citizens that are ultimately paying them to do that for them. So, yeah, and I think if you talk to a few of them, fun wouldn't exactly be the, no. be the word they're picking. No, right? that's uh, not typically a fun environment. Yeah. And yeah, there is a, some of the natural disasters, you know, the really unexpected ones come out of nowhere. But obviously we're talking some you know, particularly nasty and vicious, uh, you know, everything up to and including terrorist attacks that would get managed in this way. I mean, like I said, I think those two points are particularly pertinent. Is there anything outside of those larger scale views, any kind of hidden benefits that agencies are going to be looking at for planning and response? Yeah. I mean, uh, without kind of going back over that audit one and, and overemphasizing that, I think the ability to be able to capture, not just from a review of what happened, but from a, a true lessons learned and improvement and planning for the next time. And so what we talk about when we talk about these type of events is a full life cycle of the events. And it's everything from planning to sure. response, to recovery, to mitigation, and then back into the loop again. So the hidden benefit, if you want to put it that way, from having this audit trail of everything that happened and what the outcomes were, et cetera, is to be able to move from that recovery phase into a mitigation and preparation phase that better equips the city or the agencies involved for the next time that that event is likely to happen. And that includes even running uh, training exercises, sure. for example, or tabletop exercises within the application. So we can use the data from real operations to benefit and learn and start the cycle again of, okay, how are we going to plan for? How would we do this differently if this happens again? And it's kind of a funny way to look at things with these events. You know, there are unplanned and planned events, but there should never be an unplanned event that you haven't planned for, <laughs> if you like. And so, you know, that full cycle background to say, we know that, you know, there's going to be another flood or there's going to be another hurricane. We just don't know when that's going to happen. Absolutely. I used to work with a colleague that his first question in these environments would be, do you have a plan for an alien invasion and everybody would laugh and he'd say well why not you know you don't know that that's not going to happen <laughs> that is it might and maybe that's a bit extreme but you get the point you know wow. you ought to be able to reasonably foresee things and have a plan in place and the application is really designed to feed that process and help you store those plans evolve those plans refine those plans and keep moving through and my next tagline simon is on call planning and response can help you in case of an alien invasion. I think we stumbled onto it here. I think we may have nailed it there with that one. All right. Last question. So we know that, and you kind of touched on it a little bit, that a lot of different agencies have their own preferred methods and ways of mapping out incidents. And I think the question that if you are an agency listening right now, you really want to know, is planning and response going to be able to accommodate those preferences or are they going to have to scrap them and move to a new way? That's a really good question. They absolutely can keep their own plans and, and structures in place. Most agencies, either through some kind of regulation or through choice, have adopted some kind of structured response plan slash system, I guess is probably a better way of putting it. So in Canada, for example, the majority of, of agencies have adopted a, what's called ICS, Incident Command System. Okay. It's a structured system for 
the organizational chart, the kind of team that gets put together, and there are standardized forms, for example, that are required to be printed and presented at various points through the life cycle, the response piece of the operation. And so in Canada, as I say, by way of example, we've incorporated the ICS structure directly into planning and response so that agencies can, out of the box, use that that we know is the standard. Similar thing in Germany, there's a federal um, standard in Germany, which is in the product in, in Germany. And yeah, we, we can accommodate. We acknowledge that um, even if you take an out-of-the-box recognized system like that, everybody wants their own flavor of it as well that works for their agency, whether that's just because they think there's a slightly better way of doing it or because they're a different size. You know, for a smaller agency, you might take a different approach than a larger one. But yeah, that, that absolutely can be accommodated as standard and stored within the application ready for the next response. So you know, when you're putting together those plans under that structure, they can all be housed directly in planning and response and then just brought to life and brought into action when the time arises. Zach and Simon, thank you so much. For more information on today's topic, visit hexagonsafetyinfrastructure.com. And of course, to learn even more and listen to additional episodes, head over to hxgnspotlight.com. Thank you for joining us here on HXGN Radio.